0: preaching which I so enjoyed uh, hearing Brother Young and uh, just to see him and hear his voice brought back such a a flood of memories and and all that stuff but um, when he said uh, everybody turn in your Bible and I looked out over the congregation and about half of the people there was a blue glow on their face and it wasn't the glory of God it was their electric device, uh, their electronic device with their Bible on it. And uh, we've come a long way, and uh, I'm no different. Uh, My Bible is on my iPad, and uh, some people agree, some people disagree. The Word of God is the Word of God anyway. I just thought it funny. So if you have your Bible and you want to turn, or if you want to read it on the screen, or if you want to read it on your iPad or iPhone or whatever device, uh, let's read Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Wisdom hath builded her house, See, she hath hewn out her seven pillars, she hath killed her beast, she hath mingled her wine, she also, also hath furnished her table, she hath sent forth her maiden, she hath crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine. Which I have mingled, forsake the foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. He, listen to this, it's, it's a, a an incredible scripture setting. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man. And he will love thee. And I'm going to stop right there for just a second. You understand what the Bible is saying here? If you reprove somebody or if you correct somebody that is a scorner, they will hate you. You're not going to do any good to reprove somebody or to correct somebody uh, that has that mindset or that mentality, Uh, you're not going to accomplish anything in their life and Uh, they're going to turn around and not like you uh, because of what you've done. This kind of goes back uh, to the story of John the Baptist and Herod in the New Testament. When John the Baptist reproved or rebuked Herod for uh, his indiscretion, then Herod hated John the Baptist and wound up having him uh, beheaded. And so we understand, uh, we've seen this work, uh, many times throughout the scripture, you've seen it in your own life, I'm sure at, at times when you've rebuked somebody. If they don't hear you, if it does not correct their behavior, if it does not correct, uh, then they, they are a scorner. The reverse of that is true if, if you have been rebuked by the word of God or if you have been uh, corrected by the word of God. Or the man of God, and you refuse to change. You are a scorner. Just thought I'd throw that in there. I have no intention of talking about all that. But he says, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a man and he will increase in learning. Verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For uh, by me thy days shall be multiplied and thy years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself, but if thou scornest, thou shalt bear it. So here the Bible is talking about in verse 1. Wisdom hath builded her house, and she hath hewn out her seven pillars. Chapter 9 of Proverbs is simply an extension of chapter 8 of Proverbs, which deals on the subject of wisdom. The word wisdom is found 234 times throughout the Bible, both in the Old and the New Testament, and they both contain a vast wealth of information concerning the subject of wisdom. We're going to tell you what wisdom is in just a few moments. Solomon declares in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1 that wisdom has hewn out or carved out seven pillars. Wisdom uh, is built upon this foundation of these seven pillars and that's what we're planning on going through in this Bible study. And we're going to talk about many areas of wisdom and different things about wisdom it's not the totality of what wisdom is but uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit of understanding about the pillars of wisdom and this is going to be important you'll understand it in just a few moments why we have to have wisdom we have to have wisdom in our relationship with God God himself in the word of God constantly appeals to people to seek out and to acquire wisdom. If God asked you to do it, would you do it? And God says, I want you to seek out and acquire wisdom. This is found in Proverbs 3 and 13, 4 and verse 5, verse 7, and also chapter 5, verse 1. According to Proverbs 16 and 16, wisdom is valued above gold and is to be procured along with truth, according to Proverbs 23 and 23. So why does God place such an emphasis on, on wisdom why does God place such value upon a commodity that you can't see nobody can walk up and grab a bucket of wisdom we can't grab a gallon of it oh uh, you're gonna find out more about it but but God places such high value upon it that he says it's more valuable than gold in other words your worldly possessions your things that you possess your stock market accounts, and and all of the money that you have has no value uh, like wisdom has. God places such such a strong value on wisdom. God says that wisdom is a highly prized commodity and should be sought after and should be acquired. And since God calls us or tells us to acquire wisdom and then to use it, we can all be assured that it's within our, our reach. We all have access to it. God gives us access to it. Anything that God asks us to get, to acquire, or to be, he will empower us to, and he will empower everyone in here to obtain wisdom. How many of you here this morning think or believe or know, and I'll throw all those in there, that you are a wise person? <laughs> Ain't nobody raising their hand on that one the trap. Very smart. See, that proves you're wise there. You didn't fall for the trap. Wisdom is a very principal thing in our relationship with God. We should have it and we should be motivated to to seek it out. And that's what we're going to try to do is help you to understand it. Wisdom, what does it mean? The word wisdom comes from a Hebrew word, which means to be wise in mind, word, or act, to be, uh, to make self or show self wise or to deal wisely, okay, so one definition of wisdom is to be wise in your, in your word, in your mind, or in your act, how you act, how you talk should be wise there's a lot I want to say right there but we should when we are Christian people we should act like Christian people we should be wise in the way we act I have a tendency sometimes by nature to say things before I think about them and it comes across as kind of childish and, and immature and wise. And this is what the Bible is saying is we should be wise. We should, we should uh, think about how we act. We should think of the ramifications of how we act. We should not be quick to respond to something and, and to cause uh, damage even to the Word of God or a reproach to the Word of God or to, the image or to, to our Christian walk or, or to what people perceive God as. I'll give you an example of this. Uh one of Josh's teachers uh, this year has been a little bit difficult to deal with. And uh, in my opinion, and Christy's opinion especially, she's been a little bit of a pain in the neck. I'll just put it nicely. And towards the last few weeks of school, it seemed to have intensified a little bit. And there was one day something happened, and I actually went and picked Josh up from school when he was released and I was standing in front of the school actually talking to somebody and I was, I've shared this story with Sister Odessa in Bible study and and the the teacher was bringing Josh out and I had kind of made up my mind that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to ask what is the problem, what's the issue here and uh, luckily God helped me out he sent somebody that we know that works there to talk to, we, we were we were talking when the teacher brought it out and, and in order to prevent myself from looking like a buffoon to everybody out there, I didn't say anything. I kept my mouth shut. That's a small shred of wisdom. I don't have it very often, but that happened that day and I was thankful because about 20 minutes later I had calmed down. And it wasn't such a big deal anymore. But had I said or acted the way I wanted to, what would have happened is a everlasting impression put upon those people. And it just so happens that day I was wearing a T-shirt that had Grace on it. So when the teacher brings Josh out, even though I'm talking to this other teacher, Josh points to Grace on my T-shirt and says, That's my church. What happens if I act up? What happens if I'm unwise in my speech or in my word? Who do you think takes the the majority of uh, the attitude or from that other person, the church would? They would say, huh, that's your church? Well, I want nothing to do with that church. Because if you're a representative of that church, the way you're acting and the way you're saying, even though I could have been justified, you understand what I'm trying to say. It is important that in our action and in our word we use wisdom. Use wisdom. Don't do things. Don't say things that are uh, that are unwise. That will cause a reproach to you or to the, to God, to the Word of God. So wisdom is being wise in your mind, word, or act. Uh, there's another Hebrew word that is interpreted. Wisdom, which means wisdom skillfully or wisely in good sense. You do something that is skillful, you are very wise. This would apply to somebody that has a skill. If you are a uh, whatever it is on your job and you're real good at it, somebody could say you're a very wise accountant, uh, is what that means. Webster's dictionary defines wisdom as the quality of being wise. The faculty of making the best use of knowledge, experience, understanding, etc. We all have experience, but how do we use that experience? Do we use it wisely? I want to say, and I know I'll get in trouble already, so I'm already in trouble, I know it, so just understand Your age has nothing to do with how wise you are. And nobody even nodded their head. I realize that that's not popular, but it doesn't. Just because you may have some years on you does not mean you're wise. There's a lot of ignorant old people. There are. A lot of people with years of experience make dumb decisions it's true age has nothing to do with wisdom age has everything to do with seeing a lot of birthdays I'm seeing I've seen the several I'm gonna hit 40 in a few months I'm starting to be up there in the in the age of the aged this may not be a very wise Bible study (laughs) making good judgment, making the best use of your experience. So if you have been through something in all of your years of experience, you have suffered certain circumstances, you've gone through certain situations, you've faced certain problems, you've dealt with with these issues in life, then, then how do you use that experience? Do you use that experience as a poor me? Well, let me tell you how horrible it was back in my younger days, or let me tell you how bad it was back when I went through this circumstance, or do you use it to wisely to to try to encourage somebody else? When you see somebody else going through something, do you walk up and say, Sister, I know where you're at, or Brother, I know what you're going through. I have faced similar circumstance, and I'm praying for you. If you need something, you can call me. I've, I've seen people, and, and I, I kind of smile about it because it is kind of it's kind of funny, when, when somebody gets diagnosed uh, with a disease or that goes through a certain situation, uh, there's always somebody uh, around that generally has gone through something like that, and they want to come up and, in order an effort, and I know I'm sounding harsh today, and I don't mean to, but in an effort to cheer them up, tell them how horrible it was for them. Well, if you think you got it bad, let me tell you about me. That's not using the experience wisely. Use it wisely to encourage and to lift people up. I know it's it's tough, but nonetheless, we should do that. And then the word pillars. It's a column, a stand, a platform, or a foundation. So when the Bible says that wisdom is built upon seven pillars, it's saying, that if you're going to be a wise person, if you're going to be classified as wise, it's not going to be based on your age. It's not going to be based on your experience. It's not going to be based on on how well you've done or how uh, much you've accumulated. Scriptural wisdom is based on none of that. Scriptural wisdom is based on a foundation of seven pillars, seven foundations, and when you see people that are a child of God, and they have each one of these things as a part of their life. That's how you know somebody is is wise. That's how you know somebody has wisdom. It's not based on other things. It's not even based on how good of advice they give. Wisdom is, is is built upon these foundations, and we'll get to them in a little bit. But there's other things I want to cover first, and one of them is the divisions of wisdom. The Bible talks about several different kinds of wisdom and classifies them. One of them found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is called man's wisdom. Then there is fleshly wisdom according to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 20, chapter 2 verses 6, and chapter 3 verses 19 talk about the wisdom of the world. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 7, Luke 11 and 49, Romans 11 and 33, the Bible talks about the wisdom of God. In James chapter 3, verses 13 through 16, the Bible talks about earthly, sensual, and devilish wisdom. And then James chapter 3, 17 and 18 talk about the wisdom that is from above, and that's just some of the categories that the Bible talks about wisdom. We want to talk about and engage and use godly wisdom wisdom so what is the value of wisdom and we talked about it a little bit a while ago but I want to go through what some of what the scripture says about it and we'll read this a little bit later on the bible says in proverbs chapter 8 that wisdom is better than rubies proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13 the bible says wisdom produces happiness in those that find it Wisdom is a principal thing, according to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. The Bible says in Proverbs 3:10 uh, and 13, that fools die for want of wisdom. Now let me digress here for just a second. This is really a crazy thing. Have you all ever heard of what they call the Darwin Awards? Anybody? I probably shouldn't say this, but it's funny, I guess. They There's this thing, it's called Darwin Awards. And they give it to people, it's a website, Darwin Awards, and they give it to people who the website, according to them, says, takes themselves out of the gene pool by doing something really dumb. It's selective, uh, you know, you do something that winds up causing great bodily harm or your own death by doing something so dumb You get a Darwin Award. For example, there was a man, this is documented, they have to document it. There was a man in um, one of the Mideast countries that had an enemy. And so he made a mail bomb. He placed a bomb inside of a package and he mailed it to his enemy so that when his enemy opened up it would explode and kill him. The box got returned to him because of insufficient postage true story he opened his own bomb That's, isn't that dumb it's called a Darwin Award Proverbs says fools die for want of wisdom sometimes the lack of wisdom cost us either physically or spiritually our life Proverbs 16 says it is better for you to get wisdom than for you to get gold Proverbs 23 says we are to buy truth wisdom instruction and understanding and don't sell them in other words whatever it costs us to receive these things keep them and don't get rid of them don't uh, don't allow wisdom and to to leave uh, your life wisdom is According to Ecclesiastes 2 and 13 and a list of other scriptures in Ecclesiastes, let me say according to the book of Ecclesiastes says that wisdom excels folly as far as light excels darkness. So the, the vastness or the difference between light and dark is the difference between wisdom and folly. Ecclesiastes says wisdom is good with an inheritance it is a defense it gives life life to them that have it It strengthens the wise it's better than strength it's better than weapons of war it is profitable to direct I'm talking about wisdom having wisdom is essential in choosing the seven men over the affairs of the early church in Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 8 they use wisdom to to understand what they needed to do. According to James 1 and 5, wisdom is important to Christians, especially if they lack it. They are supposed to ask God for it. According to Job, wisdom is more valuable than the gold of Ophir, the onyx, the sapphire, the crystal, jewels of fine gold, coral, pearls, rubies, and the topaz of Ethiopia. Wisdom is valuable and important to all of us. It is essential for the child of God to use wisdom, to use wisdom. It's acting wise. It's speaking wise. It's living a life that is wise, not repeating the same mistakes, not going down the same path, not going down the same roads over and over and over, but it's using wisdom that I'm going to make a good decision, that I'm going to... To make a godly decision. It's not based on how I feel. It's not based on what I think. It's not based on my opinions or my views. It is simply based on God's word and that is a wise choice. To serve God is wise. To live for God is wise. We understand those things and and in our effort, and and we're all human, understand, but in our effort to serve God and our effort to live for God, Uh, God expects us and He wants us and He desires for us to use wisdom in our everyday life. When you come across somebody and you begin to talk to them or you begin to win their friendship, what kind of person do you come across as? We should use wisdom and think about these things. It's not just good enough to say that I am a Christian, but we need to live a life of Christianity in front of everybody. And sometimes our choices need to be based on wisdom. Just be wise. I have watched over uh, my short lifetime, I've watched people that have made very unwise decisions in their life. They've made very unwise choices in their life. And sometimes the cost of that is is detrimental. It's, It's a lot. I've watched moms and dads lose their kids to the world to sin over unwise decisions. I've watched families and marriages break apart over unwise decisions. I've watched people give up a relationship with God over an unwise choice. If we would just use wisdom, the Bible says that we could avoid so much hurt and so much choice, I mean, so much pain because of our choices. It goes kind of goes back to that old principle in the scripture where it says you reap what you sow. You ever heard that? I love that scripture. Because when people are mean to me, <laughs> you're going to get it, right? That's what that means, right? If people wrong you, they're going to get it, right? Somebody steals something out of your yard, they're going to get something stolen from them, right? That's reaping what you sow. Ha ha ha. You're going to get it, dude. One day, God's going to reap, going to pour out that judgment on you. But I don't like it when it applies to me. I should be exempt from that scripture. I don't want to reap what I sow. I want to be able to sow whatever I want and only reap good. But being wise tells you you can't do that. And so if we reap, un- if we sow unwise, act, we reap unwise fruit. It's using wisdom. Understand and think about before you do anything, before you say anything, before you act out anything, think about the consequences. You know, Jesus taught an awesome concept. It's called count the cost. You ever heard of that? Count the cost of what you're fixing to do. Count the cost of what you're fixing to say. Count the, and I don't always do that. I say things I shouldn't say. I admit that. But count the cost. Before you make a major decision, find out what all it's going to cost you. If you decide that you're going to uh, do something, think about it. Sit down, think about it. Uh, Christy and I were facing a a pretty big decision the last couple weeks, and and I was I'm kind of impatient. <laughs> Patience has not been one of my virtues. It's kind of like a lot of other things that are good. It's not really any of my virtues, but. Um, Patience is not one of them, and I was getting a little impatient. I'm like, man, just I can't understand why this just won't work out, why this won't happen. And Christy says, you know what? You need to stop. Hold on just a second. Wait. Think about it. Take tonight. Don't act on it at all today. Don't do anything else today. Just stop. Go to sleep. Think about it. Sleep on it tonight and see what happens tomorrow. That was a very wise statement for her. And that's exactly what I did. I've learned in most cases to listen to my wife. It's pretty good, ain't it? Use wisdom before you act or before you do anything. I've told people before uh, they're looking to buy a house or something. You know, it's a little bit more than we can afford. Well, I know you really want it. I know you really, really want it. But if you can't afford it, wisdom tells you. Yeah, it's not want. Wisdom tells you, you know what, you need to go find something else. But it's perfect. It's everything we ever wanted, uh uh-huh. I'm telling you, it's got everything that we'll be cool with our friends, I know. I know, understand. But you can't afford it. And so, in two or three years, how cool would it be with your friends to be uh, in bankruptcy court or to be in foreclosure? Wisdom says, I'm going to step back and think about this before I act on it. I'm going to count the cost. I'm going to understand uh, what, is, what, what the end result of my actions is going to be. Wisdom is valuable. It is important to everybody. We all need wisdom. And some of the great leaders and some of the great workers in the Bible are introduced to us in the Bible on the basis of their wisdom. Basil, Joshua, Solomon. We've all heard the wisdom of Solomon. Ezra, Daniel, Stephen, we can go on and on. The list is endless of men and women in the Bible that are in the Bible. They are introduced to us based on their wisdom. So where does wisdom come from? Where does wisdom originate? Job said, and we'll read this in just a few minutes, but he said, where shall wisdom be found? It's one of the questions that is gone through mankind's mind for years where do I find wisdom how do I obtain it God says I need it but where do I get it from do I just come up and say God give me wisdom and I walk out the building and I'm wise how do I make the right decision how do I know that what I'm saying is based and rooted in the word of God and is a wise word for people I have received wise counsel many times in my life. In my professional career, being in management, a couple of different companies, I've had upper management people that were very wise. I have a very good friend of mine. Uh, he was my district manager for, for many years. I worked with him in two different occasions. And he's a very wise man. He can say something in just a short line. Have you ever seen anybody like that? He can say one short line and you're like, wow, that's brilliant. Brother Tenney's like that. He can say one line about that long and preach a whole sermon. And over the years, I've gleaned from these people, and, and I've heard, as uh, this guy's name is George, as he has said things to me. And I'm like, George, how do, you, how do you get that? How do you understand that? But he's wise. He's wise. And so uh, wisdom can be found, and we need to apply it to our life. According to Job, chapter twenty-eight, and we all know the story of Job, uh, but he he makes this statement. It's it's an incredible, incredible passage of scripture that I want to read and listen to. And this is where we've gotten some uh, so far. Where shall wisdom be found? We just asked that question, and where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth depth saith, and it's not in me, and the sea saith, it's not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophar and the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it. The exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No no mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding? Seeth, it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the earth. Death and destruction say we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. So where is wisdom? Where does wisdom come from? We understand that Job says man doesn't know the price of it. And it's not found in the land of the living. The deep and the sea say it's not with them. It cannot be gotten for gold or silver. It can't be bought. You can buy education. You can buy education. But you can't buy wisdom. And there's some very smart people. Very smart intelligent people that are very unwise. Job said it cannot be valued with gold, and we went through all of that stuff. The exchange of it cannot be for jewels. The price of wisdom is above everything else. Files of the air keep it close from them. destruction and death have heard of the fame, but cannot provide it. In an answer to this quest for wisdom, God steps forth with an answer. God answers Job. God tells Job where to find wisdom. In Job 28 and 28, the Bible says, And unto man he said, talking about God, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. The fear of the Lord or the respect of God to, uh, in this passage, fear is not talking about I'm scared. It's, It's respect. You understand that God is God and you respect that. God doesn't, I had somebody tell me, uh, a while back that they did not believe that God. They they believed that God could tell a lie. Okay. Somebody told me that they did not believe God was honest all the time. That he could tell a lie. He had the potential. That's not true. And we understand that. Um, so. Uh, Wisdom is the fear of the Lord. They didn't respect the word of God. This person did not respect or fear the word of God. When God says something, it is true, it is faithful, it is forever established. And and I was talking with somebody yesterday that that it's amazing how the church seems, and I'm not just talking about our our church here. I'm talking about the church worldwide or, or Christianity, so to speak, has lost this respect for God. We've lost the fear for God. We see God as a pushover, that God is a feel-good instrument. I was listening to a radio broadcast this past week, and and somebody speaking on there said that a church that they're familiar with or associated with is on the cutting edge of outreach for young people. And so what this church has done has taken their, their room that was designated for youth, and they went in there and they put a bar in there. And instead of serving alcoholic drinks, of course they just serve non-alcoholic drinks and then they put in a dance floor and they have completely recreated a bar inside the church. And the kids can go in there and they can belly up to the bar and get their non-alcoholic drink and then they can go to the dance floor and dance away to Christian music. That's the cutting edge of youth outreach. And this person, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, wow. Have we gotten to the place in Christianity that we actually recreate a bar room in our churches? But Christianity, not us, we're not doing that, bless God, we will never do that. But Christianity as a whole has lost this respect for God. It doesn't matter to a lot of uh, what we call Christian Christian people anymore, what does God think? I ask people all the time, what do you think God thinks about that? Y'all are looking at me like, man, what does God think? How does God view what we do? And it and it worries me, it, it weighs on my mind. What does God think? What does God think? When I get ready to go do something, what does God think about that? And I'm not talking about going to Walmart and buying groceries and all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. How does God feel? I want, We have to respect God, to fear God. That's the beginning of wisdom. Everything that we do, our life, our choices, our decisions should be run through the conduit of what does God think about this? If I'm a child of God, now would you expect your kids that live at home that you provide for, that you protect that you do for, to go do things without asking? You know, Sister Chelsea, if Zach came home and said, Mom, I just bought a brand new car, what would you think? You didn't talk to me, boy. This is my house, and I'm telling you, you're not getting a Corvette. Now, when they're grown and doing their own thing, that's one thing, but if they're living in your house and you're providing for them, they need to check with you, and we... We're God's children, we live in his house, he provides, he protects for us, and we should talk about and discuss with him the things that we want to do. It's the beginning of wisdom that I'm fixing to make a choice here. Whatever that choice is to buy another house, another car, do whatever, go on vacation. I remember, unfortunately, I was just about 13 or so months old, maybe not even that old, I don't remember. When my grandpa, my dad's dad died, I never knew him. But I remember hearing a story about him one day. They were getting ready to go on vacation, and and my grandpa prayed, and he got up, and he went in and told the kids, we're not going on vacation today it's not God's will. It's the fear of the Lord. It's the respect that I am a child of God, and before I go on a trip, before I take a vacation, before I buy another car, uh, another story they told about him is he wanted a. There was a job promotion that came up and it meant more money and it meant, uh, you know, better hours and all of these things. It was a great promotion for him and he prayed and he asked other people to pray and ultimately he turned it down. And he said it wasn't the will of God. It's a fear of the Lord. It's a respect that I'm not going to make these decisions until I check with God on them, and the Bible says that will help us. It will prevent. A certain amount of calamity and a certain amount of heartache and a certain amount of pain in our life. You say, Well, I don't understand that. I don't either. But God may know some things is going to happen when when we take a direction in our life, and if we'll if we'll pray about it, God will say, No, don't do that. He may not tell us why. But if we'll just trust him and say, you know what? I'm not going to go on this vacation today. There in the, the, that that roadway, there may have been some danger, or maybe there was a situation that was going to transpire. But because we prayed and asked for the wisdom of God and we obeyed Him, we never meet that danger. We never, we never come face to face with that trial or that that test. And so then our life is better. But all we know is that we didn't go on vacation. But we don't know what we missed. We don't know the situation that we avoided because we simply ask God. God's not going to tell you not to go do something because he's being mean. He's doing it for the benefit of ourselves. So the beginning of wisdom, we're going to talk about wisdom, Lord willing, uh, next week we'll finish this. Um, but uh, the beginning of it, the starting of it is to respect and understand God, to fear God and say, you know what? Everything I do, Everything I do, I'm going to run it through God and ask him for his guidance on it. Praise the Lord. Thank you this morning for your attention. God bless you. You're dismissed. We're going to open our second service in just a few moments. Thank you for being here today.